0: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action.
1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome into the Varsity Club podcast. Derek Peterson here, Greg Smith joining me today. Greg, how are you?
0: I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good.
1: It's a Friday morning. Uh, are you ready for Friday
0: Night Lights? I am evening? ready. I am. I, yeah. I'm very excited for this. It's going to hot. Like, I didn't realize it was actually supposed to be hotter than yesterday, which I think the high was 99 yesterday, it was supposed to be hotter today, I think the high of 101. Oh, really? Yeah. When I left, I asked Alexa what the weather was going to be
1: like today, and she told me that there was a high of 99, and I instantly just cringed. Yeah, it's going to be warm. Um, We're recording this podcast right now as the World Cup is happening, and I watched 45 minutes of 0-0 Morocco-Iran, just hopelessly trying to score goals and not succeeding, and uh, there are people talking outside. Um, the second I said, the second we walk in here, all the goals are going to start
0: flowing. So we're going to try to get this podcast over with quickly. All right, all right, let me take a look here. Um, I couldn't see the the TV from here. Um, I don't know if all the would scores you been, would you care yet.
1: if they had scored? Though? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I told you before we start recording, I have zero zero World Cup takes for you. Sorry.
1: Um. I have World Cup takes. Should I give them now, or should we get on, get the show started? I think we should get the show started. Okay. <laughs> you just don't care at all. I don't care. Not at all. No, sorry. Um, which are you least intrigued by, the World Cup or the
0: U.S. Open? Oh, the World Cup. Really? Yeah. I like, I've like. i always been a fan of golf. Like, I don't talk about it a lot, but I actually will sit down and watch golf. Um, it so you will sit, down, around, and watch yeah, I'll sit down and watch golf before you would sit down and
1: watch... The World Cup.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that I play golf, so I, it just... I don't know. But and I've never played soccer once. Do you once, find so. soccer boring? Not necessarily. Like, one of the... The weird thing is, is I've gone to, like, bars to watch the World Cup, like, when the USA was in it. Um, and it's fun, but I just don't... I just don't watch
1: it. This is just flooring me right now that you would prefer to watch golf over something that only happens every four
0: years. Sorry. <sighs> yeah.
1: On the podcast today, we're going to talk about (laughs) recruiting. We're going to talk about Friday Night Lights. Greg's going to give some updates. Uh, Big Red Recon is about, as of recording this podcast, Big Red Recon is about to go live. Mm -hmm. Uh, So make sure you read that on site. We've also got some news that has happened over the last couple days. You can read that as well if you missed it. Um, We're also going to talk a little bit later about the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference, the East Division teams that Nebraska will play this season. Uh, It's Michigan on the road, it's Ohio State on the road, and Michigan State
0: at home. Yeah? Very fun. Yeah. (laughs) Fun crossover games. Uh, We'll
1: talk about those after doing non-conference last week, and then next week we'll have a bigger one. We'll we'll look at the West teams. Um, Recruiting. Friday Night Lights is happening tonight. It's the first uh, event of the the two weeks. They'll have another one June 22nd. Um, I want to ask you, just first off the cuff, who uh i guess what are you looking forward to the most tonight
0: i'm looking forward to seeing which guys emerge from this camp like one of the things so it gets lost in what happened in last year's camp uh were you here by the way for that was i was that here before? for the second week so you were here you were here for the micah parsons one yeah but i was just i was just visiting at the time like aaron and i were
1: still talking i hadn't Accepted a job.
0: Yet. I don't even think. Actually, I think that I had not accepted my job yet. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, so I was neither one of us were like actually on staff. It was interesting. So like, I don't think it's going to be in comparison to that as star studded. But that is not generally what these have been about. Like, remember that that camp was kind of the culmination of a couple of years of work by the Riley staff. Um, and to get back to that level, it'll take a couple of years of work by the Frost staff just the same. Um, typically, what happens. In in these camps and what happened early on in Riley's tenure is you get guys that are maybe a little bit off the radar that burst onto the scene, that earn offers um, and that catch the eye of fans like that's usually what happens if, if you um, are listening to this and remember a few years ago, that's when Cameron Jurgens uh, who's now on the Huskers really burst on the scene I think two years ago um, when he showed up at a Friday Night Lights camp and, and really put on a nice performance so I'm more looking forward to that to see which guys really burst onto the radar because this first one in particular will be more about guys that are on the fringe of getting offers um, versus, like, the star-studdedness of last year or even, I think, what will happen next week.
1: I love that you tap the desk as you talk. (laughs) Sorry. We try to go through in editing and try to get that noise out, and it's like, Greg's just tapping the desk. Sorry. Just tapping away. It's a habit. So just do it. We'll have ambient background noise. Okay, so you you said that this is when guys burst onto the scene. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a list of who all is going to be here, so I'm assuming that other people
0: don't have a great idea of who all is going to be here. Who
1: should people be paying attention to?
0: Yeah, you would be 100% correct in <laughs> that. Is There's a reason why you haven't really seen any list from me or anyone really, um, because it's been really tough to figure that out. It's actually something that I did write about in Big Red Rica that will be going live here soon. It um, should be live as the time that this goes live. Hashtag plug. Um, hashtag plug. Um, but the number one guy, I think right Right now, that you need to be looking for that's not committed um, is 2020 four-star wide receiver Xavier Betts from Bellevue West out in Omaha. He'll, he um, texted me and let me know that he will be here. Um, unclear right now if he's working out or not. I think he is. He um, also sometimes get times where guys come down and just kind of hang out want to be around the atmosphere. I think he will work out. Um, he has the potential to be a five-star player next year, so <laughs> that'll be kind of a circus in itself <laughs> if that comes to fruition. Also, I think Nebraska's in a really good standing and a position with him right now now um, so he'll be fun to watch I also know that Garrett Nelson um, defensive end commit uh, in the 2019 class from Scottsbluff, Bluff Nebraska will also be in town this weekend and he is working out um, so those are just a couple of guys to keep an eye on but I think this one will be let's see who emerges from the camp six hour drive for Garrett Nelson yeah that's some commitment right there it is commitment right there <laughs> you
1: got any other recruiting Notes, recruiting hits, updates to
0: give? Yeah, I think that this one, okay, it's going to sound like a bummer, (laughs) but I've not tried to bum you out. Um, This weekend, Nick Henrich, the four-star linebacker from Omaha, Burke, who's Nebraska's number one target. Everybody knows Um, who he is. Yes, everybody knows who he is. Um, You don't got to give the qualifiers. He will be uh, taking an official visit to Wisconsin this week. I don't, like Like I said, I don't think you should panic necessarily. I think he's doing his due diligence. Um, he's not a slam dunk really to any school at this point. But the schools that are in the mix, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Notre Dame, um, kind of Iowa State, kind of Minnesota. So really that first group outside of Iowa State, Minnesota, like they all have something in common to me. Like these are serious football schools, like places that... Are like not necessarily, there are no frills. Um, They're places that. Iowa State? I said outside of Iowa State, okay. Minnesota. <laughs> so, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin, yeah, which okay. I really think are the top four schools, um, are the ones that you kind of, it's more blue collar, it's linebacker tradition. Like, I think those are things that he's looking for, which is why the relationship with Barrett Root has been so important. Um, I'll be curious to see if push comes to shove, if Nebraska ends up having to use one of their own two only official visits left um, to host him on an official visit weekend, because he's still wants wants to make a decision before his senior season starts yeah if there was a school that I would be worried about losing a linebacker to it would probably be Wisconsin yes but the problem is is that Iowa kind of fits that mold too it has family ties to Iowa Um, Notre Dame is Notre Dame so that always they're always kind of a threat Um, but yeah Wisconsin it's hard to argue with their especially recent results but it even goes back further than recently they've always had strong linebacker tradition okay this is random how does Notre Dame not do better in recruiting I think they do fine in recruiting. When was the last time they had a top 5 class? Top 5? Oh, that's a good question. Like I'm if you're sure if, it, if you're Notre Dame, shouldn't shouldn't
1: you have a top 5 class?
0: Yeah, and they well remember they used to always it seemed like had really highly rated classes and then they'd be overrated coming into the season and not live up to that. Um I think they've taken a little bit of a step back um in a, in recent years but I think they're also if you look I think at their 2019 and 2020 starts I think they're doing pretty well. Okay, I I, haven't I don't look, know I haven't 100% but I, it feels like they're doing well cuz I feel like every time I look up there's some four-star <laughs> committing to
1: them. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at them but I remember like Max Dugan was looking at Notre Dame and yeah. people were like that's his, that's the place where he wants to go and right. then he ended up what TCU? TCU? Like shouldn't Notre Dame be doing better? And if they're not, shouldn't it be time to get a different coach?
0: <laughs> Probably. But I'm always always—I'm a weird person for some reason it feels like that likes Brian Kelly. Like, I think he's a really good coach. So I'm curious to see how that continues to progress.
1: It's weird. It's, he, because he's like the win you a bunch of regular season games, don't win you a ton of the games that matter. Yeah. And, like, those don't last in college football. Especially at a place like Notre Dame. <laughs> Especially, Yeah, at a big-time program, getting deja vu a little bit. Like... <laughs> That's weird. Um, should Nebraska be worried about Nick Henrich? Yes,
0: they yes they should continue to be worried until he actually commits um, somewhere because it's hard. It's really hard to get a read on where he's leaning like he's very complimentary of every program you talk to him about Um, and I think these the schools that he's really serious about have enough in common to where it doesn't feel like there's a huge separator between them it might come down to the relationships Um, so yeah I I think that you're always going to be nervous about that one Um, and because of what he means as a recruit right they've made no bones about it that they're going hard after him he's the number one target Um, he means a lot more I think to Nebraska and getting him in the class and any other of these schools because Nebraska has clearly stated that they want to keep top talent home um, and they've got a real interesting test with both him and Chris Hickman this year yeah that was going to be my
1: other question is what about the other Burt kid how's how do you what's your read on Chris Hickman?
0: It's even cloudier and even more difficult to read because he is not anywhere near a decision, Chris Hickman, the tight end. Um, So, and he's wide open. Like, there are any number of schools that he's interested in. Um, He does have a budding, nice relationship with Nebraska, and it's been better, much better, I would say, than what it was under the previous staff. But then again, you just, it's really, really hard to read him. Like, I'm not sure there's a, a harder recruit to read that I've talked to. This cycle period, like he, he's just and it's not a bad thing necessarily. He just holds his cards close to the vest.
1: Hmm. Okay, Um, let's move on to the previews then. Okay, Sound good. Sounds good. All right. At Michigan, Mm -hmm. at Ohio State, Michigan State at home. Of those three, pick one that you're going to put on
0: upset watch. (laughs) <laughs> uh, probably Michigan State, I think, is the one that jumps out right away to me for a couple of reasons. One, I think they're the worst team of <laughs> that group. Um, two, I think that with that game being later in the season, I think the Nebraska will be a much better team later in the season than they would at, be at the beginning. Um, so if that Michigan and Michigan State game were flipped, like I probably would pick Michigan um, to be that one. And I'm still super intrigued by that Michigan game. Um and I would I would like to see that one be the one on upset but right now I'm gonna stick with Michigan State. Michigan's my pick. Is there's it? just a, yeah there's just a
1: like a feel factor to that one okay. like part of me thinks that you know we're gonna get through the first week and Scott's not gonna show a bunch or we get through the first three and Scott's not going to show a bunch because he knows that Jim Harbaugh's waiting yeah. and maybe he wants to save some things for him. I, I feel like first road game. For whoever's starting at quarterback, you know, the expectation would be like, oh my God, he's going to have a terrible game. Yeah. But I feel like more often than not, it's like the other way around and it's like, holy holy hell, where did this kid come from? Um, that might be like, I don't know, that might be the game where it's like, holy shit, look at what Nebraska's doing with Scott Frost.
0: I, is it's that just game, a feel That game Like it is so weird Because that Michigan game Might be the one That I'm most looking forward to mm-hmm. On the schedule It's for all of the mm-hmm. reasons That you just named And I think that That's the first game That Nebraska fans To me will see how good of a coach Scott Frost Mm -hmm. is. Because that's a game plan type of game, Mm -hmm. right? Because Michigan has trouble um, with spread offenses. Michigan is more of a like three yards in a cloud of dust type of offense. So you Mm -hmm. get to also see Eric Chenander go up against that offense and see if you can devise a way to slow that thing down. How much of that will change with Shea Patterson, though? I, see, that's what I wonder. I think that's the great X factor about what's going on with Michigan. Mm-hmm. is Are they going to be willing to change that because they have him at quarterback? Yeah. Okay, so I have numbers pulled up on my computer right now.
1: Okay. I have both offense and defense. I have rushing yards per play. I have explosive run plays percentage. Huh. I have passing yards per play. I have explosive pass play percentage. I have total yards per play. And I have yards per point. Okay. Defensively, how many of those categories do you think Nebraska ranked
0: last in last year? Defensively, and there's how many of how many categories are there? Seven? Six. six, seven. There are seven categories. Six? I would say they ranked last in six of the seven. Five. It's close. Five. Which... Last
1: in the conference.
0: Whenever and you have me, spoiler, spoiler alert, whenever you have me guess anything about the defense from last year, I always go a little bit worse than even what I think. And it surprises me every time at how bad they were on defense last year. Last in rushing yards per play, 12th was Illinois,
1: 13th was Minnesota, Michigan was 7th, Michigan State was 3rd, Ohio State was 1st. Michigan State returns a ton on that defense. Mm -hmm. Ohio State returns arguably maybe the best player in the country in uh, Nick Bosa. Explosive run play percentage, Mm -hmm. Nebraska's last. Ohio State was first. Michigan State was second. Passing yards per play, Nebraska's last. Michigan was first. OSU was third. Michigan State was seventh. Explosive pass percentage, Nebraska's 11th. Oh. We found one that they're not last in. All right. They're 11th behind Illinois.
0: Boy. So even on the one that you're not last in, you're
1: still behind Illinois? Ahead of Maryland Rutgers and Purdue. Yards per play overall, they're last. Wisconsin was first. Ohio State was second. Michigan was third. Michigan State was fifth. They'll play four of the top five this year.
0: So, okay, I have a question for you that you were not thinking or prepared for. Of the offensive and defensive stats that you just read, which of those do you have more confidence that Nebraska will be able to improve on? The passing, defensive numbers given up, or the rushing ones? Um, well,
1: Nebraska was 13th in yards per point. So they were giving up like you were scoring pretty quickly yeah. against them. I think that's the one that improves. I don't know that you can single out and say, hey, the run the run defense is going to improve this amount or the pass defense is going to improve this amount. I think it's going to fluctuate week to week depending. Because I think they're going to be able to game plan a little bit better for teams yeah. just at the start. But I think yards per point will get better because I don't think you're going to see like teams just, you know, like Northwestern or uh, Northern Illinois had like a 40-yard pass against Nebraska in the, the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, it's game. weird. You can picture a bunch of those explosive plays. <laughs> I don't think those are going to
1: happen okay. much anymore. I think you're going to get um, with that, that shoot your shot, no fear of failure, mm-hmm. uh, go make a play, and then you'll have somebody behind you to make up for it if you miss a tackle. I think that approach is you're going to have explosive plays that you're going to give up. Okay. But I think Nebraska will be much better at making teams drive. And I think they're really, really bad in the red zone. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I'm looking through like possession and ten data that I did for the, the magazine and then looking through stuff for opponent previews, like they're really, really bad in the red zone. I think that will improve as well because you'll have corners that are gonna be more aggressive.
0: Okay. I would I think it's easy to pick on the secondary and say that the, the run defense then will be better, which is where I would go um with that just because I have I just have a hard time picturing right now what that secondary is going to look like Mm -hmm. um based on kind of guys coming in guys being a little bit banged up um who takes a spot like I, I need a little bit more info on that secondary and frankly a little bit more of a better feeling on what that pass rush is going to look like um to help the secondary out because I think that that's the part that the part of the equation that gets left out when people malign the secondary so much they don't talk enough about the lack of pass rush
1: yeah absolutely um Offensively, Ohio State was the cream of the crop in the Big Ten last year.
0: Not surprising.
1: How much of that was JT Barrett? They've now lost JT Barrett, uh, and we'll have. I mean, it feels like it's been forever since they've had like a true quarterback competition. You know, they had um, Braxton Miller, yeah. and then the the weird Braxton to JT to Cardio. Cardale Jones, yeah, and then it went to JT, and it was JT for a while. Now there's, it's like there's a legitimate who's going to be the starting quarterback, and they're both unproven for the most part. Uh, what do you, what do you think, is the ceiling for Ohio State's offense this season?
0: Um, number one, <laughs> like I think I, don't, I think they're going to be number one again. Is like, that because
1: maybe? of? Um, what's his name, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber in the backfield? Yeah,
0: I think that that will end up helping them out quite a bit. Um, I think the Haskins will be pretty good, though. Like I don't, I don't think that he'll be as consistent as J.T. Barrett was, but I think you'll still have the really high highs that you were able to achieve with them before, um, but I think those lows are going to be a little bit lower, so you will have, I think you're susceptible to one of those games where, you know, he goes 12 for, you know, 35 uh, and has a couple of picks. I think that that could be in his future, but then again, you have those running backs to lean on. Should they get in trouble, and that defense is going to be so salty, which will help in mm-hmm. the end too. But no, I think that it will still be the number one offense yeah, in, the, con- in la- the conference. Conference, okay. Conference. I almost said conference. you started to say country. yeah. I, I started like, to. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah
1: the the Iowa game last year kind of felt like an abnormality given the way their yep. season turned out. I feel like that type of game, maybe not necessarily against you know that opponent, but that type of yep. game might be something that you can say will happen with more certainty this season just because of the thing that I look at with them is first in rushing yards per play, first in uh, run explosive play percentage. The thing that I look at with them is they're replacing a quarterback um, and they're replacing their center at the same time. Like Billy Price, who was the the Remington award winner last year. Remington trophy, Remington award.
0: Trophy. Trophy,
1: yeah. I said award. Yeah, that's fine. Um, they, they. Why do they have to have different names? Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, that why is can we not just call now. them all trophies? Yeah, I call
0: them all the same name.
1: Yeah, you're replacing yeah. Billy Price on the offensive line at center, and you're replacing quarterback at the same time. I feel like yeah. those two together sh- could be cause for concern.
0: Yes, and mm-hmm. I also still wonder, and this, and I feel like I say this every year. Um, Zach Smith and the development of those wide receivers, like he gets a lot of publicity and he talks a lot. We're um, Going back to that feud with Keith Williams when he was here, um, but their receivers do not develop at the rate that they should, given where they are in the recruiting rankings. Like, sorry, like they just don't. Um, and a couple of those guys a few years mm-hmm. ago were already on their way to being very good before you know he really got involved with them. So I don't buy that he had a lot to do with the Mike Thomases of the world, for example. Um, eventually, I think that's going to come back to bite them because those guys don't get a lot of separation. Um, and They had been bailed out by JT Barrett, who was very, very good, in addition to that run game that's always strong. So I'm curious to see, at what point does that really catch up with them, or do they really take that step that they really need to take as a group? I'm trying to think of who was the last... Ohio State wide receiver that was, you know, big time in the NFL. Michael Thomas. Mike Thomas. There was there's another one that's escaping me that was before Ted or was after Ted Ginn. Yeah, because Ted Ginn was, <laughs> there was the guy someone that I was else going back there. To, I was like, I can't think of anyone. There's someone else in there, but I can't think of who it was.
1: And that's one of the problems, or that's one of the things where having a quarterback that can improvise outside the pocket Mm -hmm. and make things happen when a play breaks down, that's where having that type of playmaker helps when you have receivers that aren't really good at creating separation early on. Uh, So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Michigan State, defensively, was just insane last season. Mm -hmm. Um, When I looked at the numbers, them and Northwestern, or the two teams that I looked at, and I like raised eyebrows, like wow, they uh-huh. were really, really good defensively. Um, they return a lot of the same guys. That is the game that you've got picked as your most likely to put them on upset watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, first, are you gonna say Nebraska is gonna upset anyone this season?
0: I think they will upset someone. I haven't okay. decided who. You just don't know who's <laughs> yeah, be yeah, yeah, okay. but I, I do think that they will, and I think that that's a nice. A small test of where this thing could be going if they're able to pull that off in year
1: one. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that the we ran a poll on Twitter and then on on the website. Um, conference wins or who was the most likely uh, opponent that Nebraska was going to upset? The trendy pick was Michigan State, which was your pick as well. What is it about that team? Is it you know the 2015 upset that you're like okay they can do it again or? How are you feeling about the offense heading into that game against that kind of defense?
0: So, the, the, that game, by the way, that 2015 game was awesome. Like, it still is the because like, that was that was the big Riley upset, right? That was the the mm-hmm. to me the best moment of that tenure. Um, what happened, especially in the post game and everybody being all fired up. Um, but Nebraska has always played Michigan State tough um, since they've been in the Big Ten. Kind of like how Northwestern and Nebraska have always played these close games. Um, Michigan State has been in that category as well for whatever reason. Um, but also, I think that that late in the season is where I think that the offense for Nebraska could be clicking. Um, so, and I don't think that. I don't want to say that they're going to be, it's not going to be fully formed but I also think that when this offense is actually clicking and going they can score on anybody just The scheme, not necessarily who Nebraska has in particular, but this type of scheme, um, you can put up points on anyone, I guess, outside of Stanford, right? Um, But that's kind of the exception more so than the rule. So I think that by the time you get to that point, whichever quarterback it is um, will be pretty comfortable at that point. Um, Your running back situation should be pretty good. Your wide receiver position should be really good as well. Um, I think they could give Michigan State some real problems. This is off topic. I know we're doing opponent previews, but a
1: lot of publications are putting out there like top 10 top 15 wide receiver groups in the country i nebraska showed up on one i think they didn't show up on athlons or a couple of the other ones that i've seen um how do you feel about that group they're they're a top 10 group to me
0: easy i don't think it's difficult the the only problem i have with making them a top 10 group is it's not their fault it's that you don't know what's happening with quarterback, which should not uh, on one hand it's fair, but on the other hand should you really take that into account or should it just be that group in a vacuum? Like If it's that group in a vacuum, I do think that they should be higher than what they've been given credit for But at the same time, I can see how they wouldn't be considering. I feel like people still don't fully know about J.D. Spielman. Um, I still think that people are underrating Stan. um, And they aren't ready, I think, for what could happen with Tyjohn Lindsey.
1: You're talking nationally? Nationally. Yeah,
0: not necessarily in the conference, um, for sure, and definitely not with Husker fans. But I think nationally, people don't recognize what Nebraska has yet.
1: I think it depends on, it's like a stylistic preference on how you rank wide receiver groups mm-hmm. do you do it based off of what you think is going to have the best production or who you think just has on paper the best talent mm-hmm. talent wise i think they're like maybe this is biased but i think they're top five like okay. stanley is incredible mm-hmm. um that last year jd spielman is a redshirt freshman i think he led everybody in slot yards He had, like 830 yards just mm-hmm. out of the slot um he's a he was I think for the first six or seven weeks, he was, like, leading the country in third down uh, yards per catch or something like that. Um, and then you add in Tyjon, you add in some of the other guys that they've added. I think Javon McQuitty's in for a
0: big year. I think Mike Williams is in for a big year.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then what Miles Jones does. Yeah. If you categorize him as a wide receiver. running back. Okay, back to the previews. Um, Michigan, we kind of touched on it. The wild card with them is Shea Patterson.
0: Yep. Forecast his season. God. I'm going to say that he's going to have a disappointing season. You think so? There is something about Michigan and, like, what's going on there with those quarterbacks. Like, I, like, was oh, uh, the name escapes me now. The, the Iowa transfer, um, Jake Rudock. I don't remember their maybe. Had like um, in the it last feels years. like they've just been shuffling through these guys as like small band aids as they go along. Like he was fine. Um, I think the Shea Patterson will go there and disappoint, and I don't know that it's necessarily his fault or if it's going to be the scheme of Harbaugh and Harbaugh not wanting to adjust to what the complete strengths are of Shea Patterson. Like I just I have a hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh is going to suddenly open up that offense. And I, and I think so that will you, be to the detriment of the team.
1: You think it's more about Harbaugh and his development ability of quarterbacks and his ability to unleash quarterbacks than you think it is Patterson's pure ability. Yes. Last season in the SEC, he, i like, if he had started the entire season, he would have been like in the upper echelon of passers in terms of like passer rating, touchdown to interception mm-hmm. and ratio, um, yardage. He was really, really good in yards per game. Um, he just kind of lights it up. I like when I look at college football. If you've got talent. Talent prevails yeah. over even over um, bad schemes, and that's I mean that's kind of something that we've heard from like Eric Shander when he talks about Lamar Jackson is the yeah. kid should be the kid's got talent he should do well regardless of the scheme. I feel like that is the situation that you might get with Shea Patterson. Okay, um, and they've got a good running back, and his name is escaping me right now. And they've got a nasty defense. I think they could be like this is the year. Um, I wrote this in the preview. This is the year that if Harbaugh is going to win anything and actually justify um, and legitimize the hype that is our, yeah. that is kind of permanently surrounding him, it has got to be this year.
0: Yeah, that defense is going to be really good. Yeah, well, I mean, because you've got <laughs> really
1: you've got like Ohio State is weak. It seems like uh, Wisconsin is replacing some key guys on defense.
0: And they have already lost a couple of guys. Sneaky story from this week. Sorry, not the sidetrack. Wisconsin lost two key contributors on their defensive line this week. Oh, really? Yeah, like one could be lost for the season. One for sure will miss um, part of the beginning of the season. So something to keep in the back of your mind. When did Sitchi get hurt? Before last season, It was before last season, yeah, and then they just replaced. Because that's just what they do. Especially at linebacker. Like, they were already thin on defensive line, so I'd be a little bit more concerned with that if I were them. Um, But linebacker, it just feels like they just pick a guy, and all of a sudden that guy is all conference. So it makes you worried about Nick Enrich. Yes, it does. (laughs) To take it back
1: to that, absolutely it does. Okay, so of the three teams, well, I guess we'll wrap this up with kind of a bigger picture. Of the three teams, the Nebraska plays, Michigan State, Mm -hmm. Ohio State, Michigan, uh, who finishes with the better record amongst the three?
0: Ohio State.
1: Was that a difficult decision for you?
0: No. Shut up, laptop. (laughs) No, that was definitely not a difficult decision. Who finishes worst? Michigan. You're just not a believer in...
1: Harbaugh's I just offensive think, system.
0: No, it's the, it is the it is exactly that. It's the offensive system. Because I also think, as we talk it through, it's so weird. I, I think Shea Patterson is very good. Mm-hmm. I think whoever that running back is that we can't remember is a good player. They've got a Higdon? couple of... Maybe. That sounds about right.
1: Something Hig... Karen Higdon or something like that? We're going to have to look this
0: up. They've huh? got a couple of good um, young receivers, I think, that are sophomores on that team as well. Like, they've got talent on that offense. I just, I will believe it. And maybe I'll be wrong. Karan Higdon. There we okay, go. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'll believe it that he's going to open up that offense when I see it. When you see it. Yeah. Um,
1: We made it 30 minutes. I want to vent about the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> go for it. And it was something we were talking about before we got on here. Like there was a thing that I saw on Twitter that was like the top jerseys <laughs> sold in the United States, like yeah. World Cup jerseys, like 90% of them were Mexico jerseys.
0: all Mexico.
1: Like I, like, okay, so I played soccer. Uh, I started playing soccer when I was four and okay. I played until my senior year of high school when I messed up my knee and then I played indoor for like off and on for the next two seasons and then I yeah. kind of aged out of it. Okay. That entire time, I was taught to hate Mexican soccer. Hate. Because you wanted to beat them, and we could never beat them. Why now, when USA is not in the World Cup, do we have to root for Mexico simply because they're underneath us? I was about to say, they're close. Like That's really Canada. We weren't rooting for them to make the World Cup.
0: I don't know. Mexico's the underdog? You just
1: don't have any taste. I don't. I can't of.
0: think of anything that won't get me in trouble. Also, <laughs>
1: also, uh, I saw something from the Ringer the other day. that I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was mm. before the World Cup started. And it was like, here is how you understand soccer because the World Cup is coming. So here's a little info <laughs> in case you don't know how to play soccer. Yeah. And it was like, it was breaking down the game wrong, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, And like using the New England Patriots The Golden State Warriors And the Houston Rockets To describe soccer Kind of tendencies And it was wrong First of all
0: Is Mexico not the Golden State Warriors? And
1: second of all That is my biggest beef With American soccer That's why we're not in the World Cup Why? Because
0: people don't understand the game. I thought it was because guys like Russell Westbrook don't play soccer. That's always what I see on Twitter. No. It's like people
1: don't. There's no appreciation for that sport. Gosh, I'm going down a rabbit hole. There's no appreciation for the sport here. And that's why we're not in the World
0: Cup. I don't. I guess I am the shining example of what you're talking about. You I are. Any, I don't have any appreciation, but I do have an appreciation for the U.S. Open in golf, which I will probably watch this week. The World Cup is coming here two cycles from now. It is. Mm-hmm. Where's it going to be? You don't even know that. If you gave me a million dollars to tell you where it was, this I, is I have no idea. the problem. <laughs> where is it? The United Chicago? States won a
1: joint bid with uh, Mexico and Canada. To host the 2026 World Cup. Okay. And they've got 23 host cities right now spread from east to west coast. They've got a bunch up in the northeast corner of the country. They've got a bunch kind of on the west coast. And then they've got like Dallas, uh, Kansas City, uh, Denver. Denver was... I think my my brother was telling me that Denver might be the one that is the host city. Uh Chicago dropped out. What? There was like... Financial issues that they wanted compensation with the FIFA. Oh. And FIFA, it was it was weird. But back to the point: there, the World Cup is going to be here in eight years. The United States might they get, they automatically qualify because they're the host nation. They oh, might lose. The, is that the only way? That they might be the only reason they're in,
0: and it's because people don't understand the game. <laughs> I am very appreciative that you taught me something today, and that is that the World Cup will be jointly hosted by the United States, Canada, and Mexico um, in, what did you say, six years? Eight years. Eight years. It's every four years. (laughs) There we go. Just like the Olympics. (laughs) It just bugs me that
1: this is like the most popular sport in the world. Mm -hmm. The most popular sport in the world, and Americans could literally not give two craps about it. That's true. It's like you. You're like <laughs> I would rather watch golf than watch the World Cup. I and would. I'm like out here watching Morocco and Iran play I to a that. 0-0 I draw. I
0: wonder why you were even watching that. But I didn't want to go <laughs> into it. But it's fine.
1: Like I watched, I watched Russia just whip up on Saudi Arabia yesterday. Saudi Arabia didn't even know how to complete. Like they couldn't complete passes halfway through the game. And I was still watching it because I enjoyed it. And then there's other people that are like. Teach me how to soccer and use the Golden State Warriors as a way to teach me, and it's like, guys, come
0: on. The United States is not the Golden State Warriors of no. soccer. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies of soccer. That good, huh? They're terrible. They didn't make the World <laughs> Cup. I'm saying they should be lower. They should be the Phoenix Suns of soccer.
1: It's Jacob's birthday. We can't. Oh, get sorry. Right the I suns apologize, today. Jacob. Happy birthday. <laughs> Uh, let's wrap this up. Greg, you got anything big coming up over the next week-ish
0: or so? No, not that I can think of. Just happy to be done with the yearbook. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that to come out. <laughs> like, I'm really mm-hmm. excited for it to come out.
1: All right. I don't know if I have... I don't think I have anything big coming up over the next week-ish. Uh, we wanted to do a comparing Nebraska coaches to Marvel characters and or to Avengers. Like, which coach would be who? Yeah. And I feel like that's past the point of relevancy now. So we might not do it. Should I do it? It might be
0: past the point. It's just that's a what little I was thinking. It's like it, because the Infinity War craze. But then is you going. would make you would make Scott Frost Captain America, and I'd be upset. Captain? Would America he be sucks. Captain
1: America or would he be Iron Man?
0: Oh, he could be Iron Man. I
1: mean, he's the one that makes the team work.
0: He could be Iron Man. He feels more like a Captain America. Oh, I know that's terrible. Does not he though? <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs>
1: do it for this podcast. Thanks for listening guys. We'll be back next week. Keep it with hill and we're out.